Welcome to Monsters Among Us. I'm your guide, Derek Hayes. It's Thursday, so you guys know what that means. It's time to get spooky. I have a wonderful show lined up for you guys, and for the first time in almost three years of doing this show, I've stumbled upon a story that actually, it didn't give me nightmares, but I dreamed about it all night. Uh, You know, that's something substantial for me, because that's something that doesn't normally happen. Once I close the podcast doors, the stories kind of stay in here, typically. But the story you're going to hear at the end of the episode is a little bit jarring, and the information surrounding it uh, is also a bit um, nightmare-inducing, I guess you could say. So, I look forward to that at the end, but before we get to that, I have a handful of other excellent calls to share with you guys this evening. So without further ado, let's do start the show. Our first story of the evening comes to us from Michelle in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Hi, so my name is Michelle from McKeesport, Pennsylvania, and this happened, I've never told this story before, but it happened in the late 90s, um, I know that's a long time, but it feels like just yesterday to me. Um, okay, so we were, I was with my friend, uh, we were about to go to a rave, and um, a friend of mine, um, they used to, went by the name 187, I don't know if you still out there, but Joe, hey. Um, anyway, um, so we were getting ready to go to a rave that he was playing at, and he was packing all his... This was in the Observatory Hill section of Pittsburgh, by the way, and it was, like, maybe party, partly cloudy. I mean, it was, like, decent weather. Like, anyway, um, so we were packing up his stuff to go to this rave, packing up all his equipment in the car, and... There was like a bunch of us, and he was he was just like watching something in the sky, and I just kind of went up to him like, well, you know, what are you looking at? And he's like, you know, look at that light over there in the horizon. It was just like, and, and I looked, it was just like a bright light. And I was like, yeah, so like the plane or something. He's like, no, no, watch it. And like as he was talking about it, it was kind of like went along the horizon. And as he was talking about it, it kind of like just started coming towards us, like slowly, where it was almost like right above us. But it was just a light. You couldn't see any body to it. It was just like a light. And um, it was like, by that time, like all, everybody was like coming up behind us and stuff. And I mean, we were going to rape. We weren't on any drugs yet <laughs> or anything. So um, 
yeah, everybody was like watching it. It's it's so weird how we were talking about it, and it just like came right up to us. And we were all like, "Whoa, what is that?" Like, there's no, and I was just say, "There's no sound." Like, it was totally silent, like absolutely silent. It was like for how low it was, like there should have been some sort of sound, and you couldn't see any kind of anything except for a bright light. And um, and then as we're talking about it, like, and it's just kind of hovering, like not too far above us, just the bright light. Like it, and we're talking about this silence. It switched on a plane. It sounds like a plane, like just like that. Like, like all of a sudden, like there's a, a plane low over us. Like, like, and then it just started going away, like real slow, like like a plane going away. But it just switched on the sound, like a, a plane overhead, like like just fast. It, it was crazy, and uh, yeah, it just kind of went away. So I don't know if it was some kind of like self-helicopter or something, or, you know, or some kind of UFO, I don't know, I've never told that story, but, um, okay, well, I just want to share that with you, thank you, bye. Thank you, Michelle. Now, this is one of those rare occurrences where I'm 99.9% sure that I can solve this little mystery. In fact, this is something that happened to me back in July. You see, Sarah and I were sitting on the dock at the lake watching the sunset, and that's when we begin to notice a bright glowing orb uh, just to the right of where the sun had just sat. And for the longest time, we couldn't figure out what it was. Was it Venus? Was it somehow the moon? Or was it a shooting star or a UFO? And as that light hovered there in the exact same place for almost 10 minutes, it began to dawn on me what we were actually seeing. You see, Edwards Air Force Base is about 88 miles west, a little a little north, northwest of our current location. And as a plane takes off from that location and heads directly toward us, it appears to never gain any ground. It just appears to be a hovering light, but in reality it's barreling towards us at hundreds of miles an hour. So basically what we saw was a jumbo liner or a cargo plane of something of, of that sort with uh, some pretty bright landing lights. So I'm assuming that the same thing that happened to me is also what happened to Michelle. Further evidence of this uh, can be confirmed by the fact that when it, the craft passed her, suddenly she could hear the roar of airplane engines, which means that the atmospheric conditions weren't allowing for the sound of the engines to penetrate ahead of the aircraft, which is where she would be. So once it passed by, the roar of the engines was easily heard, and that should have been the dead giveaway. So it's my opinion what she saw was actually a aircraft that was headed toward her in just the right angle to make it appear like it was hovering there, just like the one that I saw. So I could be completely wrong, but uh, I'm fairly confident that that's what the situation here was. Either way, we learn a lot from these kind of calls, so we truly appreciate you taking the time, Michelle. Our next story takes us from the skies to the ground. The following is Cheyenne's call from the state of New York. Hi, so my name is Cheyenne, and I actually have a pretty interesting shadow man story. Um, This was about seven years ago back in New York in Letchworth State Park. Um, It was, I think it was around like October, maybe late September. Um, I know that because it was cold. It was kind of cold for the park so we were my brothers and I um were really the only ones at the park 
and Letchworth is pretty woodsy. Um, there's some nature trails and then uh, like a fairly decent sized creek and uh, but it's mostly like pretty dense a pretty dense woodsy area um, so um, I had actually just been through a breakup at the time and I mentioned that because looking back now I always thought maybe just the the negative emotions or energy that I was feeling at the time maybe attracted this thing Um, that's just kind of uh, kind of and I I don't know a theory that I came up with um, when thinking about it but so I had just been dumped and my brothers kind of took me hiking for the day just to cheer me up and so we spent the day hiking there and then toward the end of the day, the sun was kind of setting, and they wanted to go down one more trail, and I just wasn't feeling it. I was kind of getting cold and tired, and so I was like, you guys go. I will sit in the car um, and wait for you guys to get back. So I was waiting in the car, and we were parked right along the tree line, um, right by, like, the opening, the, the trailhead, and, uh, but, yeah, so, again, it was, like, pretty dense woods right up to the parking lot, um, I, we were the only car parked in that parking lot, huge parking lot, big empty parking lot, and then woods, and so I was sitting in the car, and my phone actually had died, so I was reading, like, the car manual just to, have something to do while I waited for them so I look up from the the book that I was reading and right along the tree line there is this shadow person um literally looking at me which is weird to say because there's no facial features nothing distinctive but it's just the shape of a person like, there's no human there, but there is something human about it. Just, if only, like, the shape. Um, but it was not... How do I explain it? It literally was, like, a thick shadow. Like, it almost looked like the absence of... It was, like, the shape of a human, but the absence of any kind of matter. Um, just very... Um, physically very dark, like the darkest thing I've ever seen, and it moved very fast. It's like movements were mechanically like a human, but but just not. It seemed like it had no weight to it, um, and just moved very fast. But again, the the weird thing was that it was literally looking right at me, like obviously looking at me and facing toward me. Um, thank goodness my brothers were just coming back as this happens. Like, they're just coming up the trail. Um, and so, and this thing just right away just was there for about maybe five to ten seconds, which felt much longer when it was actually happening. Um, and then just vanishes. No, like, just completely into thin air just vanishes 
So they're walking back up the trail. I get out, and I'm like, did you please tell me you guys saw that? And thank goodness they both saw it because at the time, just with what I was going through, I would have been like, is that crazy? Like, what the heck was that? Was that in my mind? Like, yeah, I guess um, the crazy thing is I had never heard of shadow men before anything like that. And then, so I kind of like, a couple years went by, and then I was working um, a job where I had a lot of downtime, so I was online, and just out of curiosity, I Googled it, because I was just thinking about it, and popped into my mind, and then I came upon, obviously, like, all the plethora of material that's out there um, on these things, and people having very similar experiences to what I had, which again was very validating because I was like, okay, this is actually a thing. It almost made it scarier to know that like all these other people had this experience too because then it was kind of like, well, then this is actually a thing that's out there and that's, that's, there's a spooky element to that, but but, um, at the time, I will say, right when it was happening, there was no fear. It was almost just, like, more, like, curiosity. Um, I didn't, a lot of people, when they have, like, paranormal experiences, I feel like there's just a automatic fear that comes with it. But this just, it was more just curiosity. Like, I've never seen this. Um, kind of thing before like it's what am I looking at um, so and then I didn't see this but um, my brothers saw on the way driving out of the park that day they also said that they both saw one crouching on a rock um, which sounds really creepy um, I didn't see it that to me was weird because like that anytime that I've heard of these things or like when I looked it up it seemed like they were just kind of like here one second and like flittering off the next so and like for it to be crouching seems like it would have almost implied that there'd be some kind of like it would have some kind of solid nature I don't know but um very creepy. It's creepy looking back, but like I said, at the time, it was just more, what the heck is this thing kind of deal. But, um, so that's it. I've never seen one again. I think about it often, especially, uh, like I said, after doing, looking it up online and seeing that many, many people have had this same experience um definitely made me very curious um and i definitely enjoy looking into the paranormal and love bigfoot stories i have some ufo stories too um but the interesting thing is i don't live in new york anymore um and i've lived in a couple different states and i've never experienced anything else all the the kooky stuff was back in new york um 
the shadow man and the UFO stuff. So, um, just kind of interesting. So anyway, love your podcast and, uh, I have been binging on it ever since I found it. And thank you for all the hard work that you put in and really appreciate it. Brings a lot of joy to my day and I know many others. So thank you. And I hope you have a good day. Thanks. Thank you, Cheyenne. Cheyenne is correct. It's been proposed that negative emotion can feed paranormal activity. But I wonder if it's actually paranormal activity that's causing the negative emotions. It's kind of the cart before the horse or chicken before the egg. Now, as for the actual encounter, I'm wondering if something benign such as a floating trash bag could have tricked Cheyenne's vision just enough to make her think she was seeing something more Shadow Man-esque. Uh, I realize that's a drastic difference between a darkened humanoid silhouette and a flowing trash bag, but if the conditions are dark enough and maybe there's a few trees in the way or a dirty windshield, something along those lines, I could easily see how that confusion could come in. But she does later on mention that the entity seemed to rest on a rock. Uh, I believe she said kneeled on a rock, which in my opinion is kind of creepy. There's something real creepy about that. But that also takes away, uh, you know, a lot of those theories. You don't necessarily see a trash bag just happen to land on a rock in the shape of somebody kneeling. At this point, it starts to become more unrealistic to go that angle than just to say that there's some sort of entity floating around these woods. The last thing that I'm going to say is the, the fact that she didn't even know that shadow men were a thing, so to speak. It's probably going to lend some credence to her sighting that she was able to identify something she didn't even know existed. So that's certainly going to help her validate this experience a little bit. Uh, either way, it's, a, it's an excellent call, and it's definitely in line with many of the other Shadow Man calls that we've received over the years. So I want to thank you, Cheyenne, for taking the time to share that. We're going to move on to our next submission. The following story is Patrick's from the state of Illinois. Hi, Derek. This is Patrick from Chicago. Uh, this experience happened to me in early 2013. I think it was February or March. Um, I'm going to caveat my um, statement by saying that where this happened, where I live now, and where I used to live are only about a mile apart. And um, this area has been known um, to have been very active um, with Native American Indians. Um, there's been construction sites shut down because of uh, um, bodies, a Native American burial ground bodies found on the site. When I was a kid uh, growing up in my house, um, we lived next to a very old house that was the farmhouse for acres and acres of land that was later developed in, into a neighborhood in Chicago. And uh, my neighbor then, he was about 70 years old. I was, I was a young kid, um, probably about uh, seven or eight. Um, he used to have uh, tons of uh, Ameri Native American Indian artifacts uh, that he found on his property. 
anyway, back to my story. Uh, yeah, it was um, February or March. It was very early in the morning, um, probably about 5.30. Uh, I, my dog at the time, we used to go out for a, a, a long walk in the morning. And um, the the house, you know, I, it's a urban uh, part of Chicago. The houses are built right next to each other. Um, but the house that's next to my one side um, is built in the back of the lot. So their f- front yard is all open. I can have I have a direct line of the street um, from from my when I'm exiting the back of my house, which I was. Uh, with the dog on that morning, uh, it was um, it was kind of a co- cold morning. Um, it was dark because uh, it was March or February or March, and um, we saw I, I saw a light uh, on the street, a, a very very bright light, and we had been warned uh, that people were breaking into cars, like looking into cars. And that's what it looked like. It looked like somebody was um, had a very po- a powerful light, looking into uh, looking into cars, maybe trying to steal things. Um, and then I saw the the light was so bright, though I thought it was like uh, maybe a military light or a or a cop light. So I thought maybe it was a cop um, looking for a VIN number on on a car. Until the light started rising. Um, and then it rose above the cars, and it started coming towards me and the dog. And it was a really bright orb. Um, I mean, it lit up the whole yard. And uh, then it started turning color, a color. It was like a, uh, a pink or a fuchsia. And it was about the size of a beach ball. And I could see inside it was kind of smoky, like there was swirling smoke in it. And the weird thing was, um, myself and the dog were really calm. I mean, my dog didn't even bark, which was really strange. And I didn't get really uh, too nervous or too, um, you know, uh, scared or anything like that. We just kind of stood still and let it kind of float by us. And uh, then it just vanished. It was very, uh, very strange. Anyway, that's uh, my story. Um, It's not much of a story, but uh, I love the show and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Patrick. Now, there's a lot that I can say about this call, but I see an opportunity here to discuss something that doesn't normally get discussed on the show. So the first thing that I thought of when I listened to this was uh, the spook light phenomenon, which... If you guys listen to the show, you know that I'm somewhat fascinated by this uh, strange phenomenon. So this got my brain thinking. I'm wondering if there's other spook light legends across the globe. Is it only found in the U.S. or is it only found in North America? And I knew of a couple here and there, so I did a little searching, and I was reminded of a spook light case in the country of Australia, the continent of Australia, that uh, was wildly popular, probably I'd say in the 70s and 80s, and less so today. Uh, at least on a global scale. But that doesn't stop it from being downright awesome. Of course, I'm talking about the Min Min Lights. And for more on that, we go to our buddies Paranormal Junkies on YouTube. The Min Min Lights of Australia is one of my most requested videos, and it is a very interesting mystery. 
One of the first famous sightings coming from white settlers happened in 1918 when a stockman noticed some very strange lights in the distance. And this sighting happened in a small settlement known as Min Min. And ever since then, these strange lights have been known as the Min Min Lights. But the first actual recorded sighting from white settlers happened in 1838, according to the book Six Months in South Australia. Now, there are so many sightings of these mysterious lights each and every year, making this phenomenon famous worldwide. And even some scientists claim that they know what is causing this. And we will get into that a bit later. According to eyewitness accounts, these lights will approach or follow you while you're on foot or driving. And if you shoot at them, they will disappear, but only for a little while as they are known to return. And it is also believed that if you follow them, you will vanish and never be seen again. And when people come face to face with these lights, they get struck with fear. They are known to bring even the bravest of men to tears. Now these lights are not just seen in Min Min, they are also seen and reported all throughout Australia. But most of the sightings do seem to happen in or around the state of Queensland. And these sightings do vary as many say that they had seen the Min Min lights, but they were nothing more than dim lights upon the horizon. Some say that they too had seen these lights, but they were not dim at all. They were extremely bright and they would also change in color, from white to green to blue to red, just basically any color one could imagine. And some of these sightings, or encounters I should say, are extremely terrifying, as some claim that while they were driving through the outback, these lights would approach them, either from the front or the back, and they would follow them, sometimes for miles, just scaring the crap out of these people. Because some believe that they must be some sort of extraterrestrial or unknown craft, as it does seem that they are being controlled by something intelligent. One sighting comes from Miss Hammond, a local woman who had heard stories about the Min Min lights her whole life, but had never actually seen them until one day when she and her husband, John, decided to go camping in western Queensland. One night they were on a very remote cattle ranch when they saw a very odd greenish light moving up and down. It was really close to them. It couldn't have been more than a mile away, and it appeared to hover just slightly off the ground. And this green light just moved very strangely. Miss Hammond stated that it was silent and very eerie. They had never seen anything like it before, and it kind of freaked them out. And they just stood there staring at this mysterious light until it finally disappeared. And the next day, John went to that location to see if he could find any clues. But there was nothing there. And they both came to the conclusion that it must have been the Min Min Lights. Another encounter happened when a man was riding his horseback to camp one night. When all of a sudden he saw a very bright light appear to nowhere. And this light was so bright that his horse started to tremble. And as this mysterious light was getting closer and closer, he realized that it was only about three or four feet off the ground. So he thought that it must be a truck with its high beams on. But then this extremely bright light started to move very, very fast. He now knew that there was just no way that this light was coming from a vehicle or anything man-made. Then this mysterious bright light got behind him. And this man really started to freak out. And he thought that it was following him. And just before this light was about to pass him, it split into two. Then it just disappeared back into the darkness of the night. And when this man finally made it back to camp, he told everybody about what he just encountered. I mean, this man was terrified. He wanted some answers, as he had never seen anything like this before. And he had lived within this region his whole life. And he strongly believed that there was some sort of intelligence behind these lights. The way they moved and acted was just not natural. Now, as usual, you can find a link to that full video in the show notes for tonight's show at MonstersAmongUsPodcast.com. And there's plenty more to that video, so I highly suggest going over and check it out. And check out everything else that uh, Paranormal Junkie's putting out. Uh, some of these YouTube channels have some incredible content. Now, discussing phenomenon like this reminds me that it's time to make a little announcement like this. 
The season finale, believe it or not, is right around the corner. And, as usual, we're going to explore Hometown Legends. So you guys have about seven weeks or so to submit your own Hometown Legends. I love the stories. I love the uh, the rare opportunity we have to dive into some of these lesser-known cryptids, ghost stories, legends. And I wouldn't even mind touching on a little bit of buried treasure here and there. Uh, you know, that's a bit of a hobby of mine as well. So if anybody has some treasure stories, you know, let's maybe pepper one or two of those in if we can. Uh, but either way, call the hotline at one 888 night That's one 888 Or you can shoot me an email at monstersamonguspodcast at gmail.com. And like I said, you guys have about seven weeks uh, to put that together. I'm hoping to make this Hometown Legend special the best one yet. So thank you again, Patrick, for sharing that experience. Now before we move on to the final call of the evening... I have to make like a high school principal and make these announcements. Rate and review the show. We are so, so close to a thousand reviews, and I would love to hit that by this time next week. So if you have not yet done so, head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, drop down your five-star review and a few nice words about why the show is your favorite show, and I will be forever grateful. And while you're at it, go ahead and like the show on social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter... And we do have the very popular Facebook group, so uh, be sure to sign up for all those. The holidays are right around the corner, and you guys have about six or seven days before the cutoff uh, for the latest cryptid crate. So if you guys have a conspiracy nut uncle or maybe a weirdo cousin that likes all this strange stuff, these are the perfect gifts for them. The December crate is going to be a great one, so to sign up, head over to cryptidcrate at gmail.com And like I said, you have up until midnight on the 14th, uh, Eastern Standard Time, to sign up and make the cutoff. And that's actually all my announcements. So, we're going to get into this call. As I said in the opener, last night I couldn't sleep because of this call. I wasn't necessarily freaked out or scared or anything like that. I was excited. I was excited to share this with you guys. So I'm going to quit yapping and start playing. The following call is from Steve in the state of California. Hey there, this is Steve calling from Los Angeles, California, and I have some crazy stories to say about uh, the enchanted forest of Altadena, which is in fact connected to San Gabriel Mounds of uh, Angeles National Forest. Uh, well, so, you know, I'm trying to keep it quick. I've heard of this haunted forest of Altadena, but it's called Enchanted. I've heard of it before. And, well, one night I was staying at a friend's in Eagle Rock, and we were up late, and we wanted to do a midnight midnight hike workout. So, could we, you know, do that? Never at night, though, first time in a while. But uh, so we did it, and I'm fairly new to that specific area, but I know of Altadena Hike. So we get there, and I ask him, you know, is this the haunted hike of Altadena? And he's like, no, man, no, this ain't it. So I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. So we do it, you know, and, it, and you know, we get, we get, I'm trying to keep this quick. I'm trying, oh, my God, I'm trying to keep this quick. It's so crazy. So we get to like a kind of like a midway point, and there's a few people there, you know, a few friends there smoking, 
and you know some people are smoking some people aren't i didn't partake in it but uh, we're all there and we're all talking we're all you know i'm from texas and i've been here for seven years and my friends can't i was with my friends that are also from texas so we're not fairly familiar with the area like that so you know we're talking to people that are from there and you know they're like oh yeah we're stopping our hike here and we tell them we're going to keep going and they're like are you crazy like what you know so whatever we're talking and we hear the most loudest uh bass full of bass like scream and it kind of almost resembled like a uh big uh chewbacca it had like a chewbacca feel to it like it was deep and it rattled and it shook the whole you know canyon and all of us the whole group people that weren't even talking in that section that were doing their own little thing all we all came to the middle we're like oh my god what was that what was that and you know it was the most creepiest yell and and i not putting nothing together so we keep doing this we go on we move on from that we keep doing this we keep going up my friend tells me oh we're gonna we're gonna be at the top pretty soon 20 minutes 30 minutes an hour passes by. I'm like, dude, what is going on? Keep in mind, we're running the whole way up to the top. We're trying to do a jog. Oh, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm, two hours passed. It's already like three in the morning. I'm like, me and my other friend are getting mad. We're like, dude, what is going on? Why, why is it taking so goddamn long? Like, what is the problem here? And, you know, the whole time, it felt like I was being followed, being watched. I swear to God, it was the most crazy thing. We get to the top. And uh, it's called, like, the Echo Trail. Echo Trail. Like, there's a canyon. You, you yell into a horn. And it literally echoes for, like, the longest time. It echoes crazy. It's crazy. It's over a canyon. And, you know, out of nowhere, this couple, we see them. Keep in mind, it's around 3-something, and it's pretty late at night uh, in the morning. And uh, we, this couple walked up to us. They look very distraught. And they're like, oh, my God, they kind of, they had this, like, soft tone. Like, we're so lost. We can't find our way down. Well, what do we do? How do you guys know how to get down? And we literally look at them, and then we're like, you know, this is my first time here. Just turn around and keep going down the trail. Like, it can't be that hard. You see where we came from? Just follow that all the way down. It's going to take you down. And they were like, we've tried, we've tried. We just really can't. They're, They're very distraught. You know, they can't find a way. And we simply tell them, just, you see that path where we came from? Take that. It's going to, it goes down. It winds down. You can't get lost. You take that trail. Follow the trail. So they they walk off. And we stay, we're at the top. There's like a, uh, like an abandoned, like it used to be a, an old uh, mansion or whatever. The guy that put it there. But it's like just a lot now that. There's like an old train, like a little small little train that's just like like a little abandoned train that's up there. There's a big like hole and like don't don't know what it is, huge like cement man-made hole. Don't know what it was used for. It's pretty huge. But yeah, so we're like exploring. We're having fun. We're like yelling in the thing. We're like yelling in the horn. We're like, oh my god, this is cool. Uh, you know, and then so we see. Okay, back to this couple. So next thing you know, this couple, they come back. It's been like almost another like 45, 30 minutes. They come back very distraught again, almost like if they didn't even remember what we told them. Like, we're so lost. We can't find our way down. 
and me and my friends look at each other like, are these people like the the idiots of the year? Are they like, what is going on? Like, how could this couple not just simply follow our directions, go down? And once again, we tell them, and they they seem so distraught, soft spoken, kind of weird couple. And you know, they take off again. So we're there for another thirty. 30, 45 minutes, and, you know, we start going at the horn again, and we start to see these light orbs, these kind of like, they're they're pretty big light orbs across the canyon going up and down, and keep in mind, across the canyon, there's no trail, it's like pure mountain range, and like these light orbs are going up and down the mountain, and me and my friends are tripping out, I have a friend that's kind of not really a believer into the supernatural and he keeps on saying, like, no, it's hikers, it's hikers. And I'm like, dude, look how quick this is going up and down that mountain. There's no trail over there, man. It's literally wilderness. This is not, what it's not, we don't know what it is. We don't know what this is. It's crazy. And so that's that. We see that. So finally, like, we're kind of like, you know, whoa, like, this is crazy, you know? Like, this is insane, you know? But then we realize we got to wrap the night up. It's already inching into the four or five o'clock hours and so we start to trek down and uh we're going down and we literally hear like the most craziest scream from like a woman like if she was getting hurt like <laughs> like loud really loud and immediately second two three seconds later the guy screams <laughs> and it just cuts off and we get so scared. We get so scared. I tell my friends, turn your lights off, turn your lights off. Like, what the hell, you know? You know, we're so scared. We're making our way down. We never see what's happening. We never see them. Uh, it was it was complete, just like, what is going on here? Like, let's just leave, you know? And um, so uh, we leave. We get out of there. All these things that have happened. Uh, feelings of being followed, whatever, you know, so I get down to the bottom, and I'm like, man, you know, I, I really need to look up the Enchanted Forest of Altadena, I really need to see, like, because what if this was it, sure enough, look it up, and, you know, first picture we see is, is the walkway that we just walked through, I was like, dude, really, you really took me here to this place, and, and you didn't, you said it wasn't, like, it was what just happened i'm like oh my like this is just supernatural crazy weird stuff happening back to back like i look it up sure enough it's the enchanted haunted hike of altadena the, the the picture i see is the walkway we went through and i told my friend like dude what the heck man like you told me this wasn't it you told me this wasn't it and i can't believe we really did this at just wee hours of night midnight up until up until it was the longest hike i've probably ever been on and, uh, you know, I probably would have, wouldn't have done it had I known it was that forest, at least not at night. But uh, kind of crazy that I did it. So I started looking up, researching about the forest. And it's crazy. Everything that happened to us, unknowingly that we went there in to, do, to that specific place, happened to us. People were talking about yells deep yells, un inhuman, unhuman yells from uh, some deep bass-filled yell creature. People are talking about seeing light orbs at that specific top of the canyon, that Echo Canyon. 
uh, people talk about seeing a, a couple that's lost. Like, it, it was just everything that we experienced, people were experiencing it as well. And it it just shook my mind, you know? Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this everything I'm reading, is, I'm checking off the list. Like, if it was, you know, some type of list that I had planned, I'm like, dude, this happened. Like, I was like, what is, like, wow, this is crazy. And, um, you know, uh also with like the time loss like we we were running up this hike we were non-stop jogging say for like maybe stop for 10 seconds catch a breath 10 you know a minute catch a breath and then take off running again and it really felt like we were in some type of like like uh time uh whatever like time portal twilight zone thing that was like messing with time it it was uh it didn't feel like we were there for that long but it did at the same time you know he kept saying oh 30 minutes 30 minutes we'll be at the top and you know an hour passed and we we get so mad we're like dude we, what is going on because he he was the only one that experienced the hike before during the day and um you know long story short there's definitely something going on in there at uh at that hike of Altadena, it, let alone the city of Altadena itself, kind of has this like supernatural feel to it. And yeah, that's uh, that's my story. Um, I've been tripping out about this for a while. This happened a couple years ago. And uh, yeah, if anyone else has anything to say about the Altadena hike, I first knew it as the haunted hike of Altadena because of friends were talking about it and. You know, I would like to say more enchanted with with haunted-esque, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I would also like to note there's like a sagebrush when you get to the top, but you smell sage. And uh, I don't know if you guys really know about sage, but the, the mystical properties of that. But yeah, it's it's crazy. My name's Steven, and uh, this happened, uh, it was almost a full moon night. It wasn't quite full moon, but uh, I can only imagine a full moon night. <laughs> what would go down okay hey, I forgot to mention the you know main reason why I called was because um you know another thing that was I was reading was uh Sasquatch sightings which kind of like gave me the feeling that what we had all heard that Chewbacca-esque yell deep yell might could have uh, could have came from the Sasquatch which which blew my mind as well because one keep in mind I didn't know that I was going into there. I didn't know that I was that I was going into this place. So after this, I'm checking everything off, you know, checking it off the list. And that was one of the main ones that truly, besides the other ones that we also experienced, truly kind of, you know, wow, you know, like Sasquatch. We would have never thought that I'd be stepping into his lair, you know, at, in the wee hours of the morning, you know. So it, it blew my mind. Uh, it really blew. It has blown my mind ever since. I've, you know, told people, done my research, and you know, I. It's it's kind of hard finding people to do this again. I'm tr- I've tried to get friends to let's go up there again, and you know, no one really wants to go at night again ever. So I mean, if anyone else, like I said, has experiences of Altadena hike, I would really like to hear, because man, this was crazy. Oh, yeah, I also forgot to mention that uh, that estate, I think it's called the Hob Estate or something at the top, was known 
to be a place for rituals. Like I said, on a full moon night, people have been known to like go missing up there or whatever because of whatever rituals that might happen might not happen. But uh, yeah, guys, needless to say, this place is definitely supernatural. And it's, it's the entrance to the whole, you know, Angeles, San Gabriel. It's one of the entrances. Ent- yeah. <laughs> it, it really shakes me up talking about this. Not in a bad way. Just excited, thrilled, I guess. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. <laughs> Please, I need to hear if anyone else has experienced stuff from Altadena. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Okay. Um, where to start? There's so much I'd like to unravel here, and uh, there's only so much time to do it. So, my first thought was, there are mountain lions in that area. So, that could account for the screams, that could account for the missing people, the hauntings. Like, it could account for a lot of that stuff. The the mountain lions in this area are large, they're uh, loud, they're um, scarce. I mean, they're really hard to see, so a lot of people don't even realize that they're there. But they are scary. There are, there are scary elements, not only uh, the fact that they are somewhat dangerous. Typically, they're not, but, you know, they can be. And uh, the other half is that they make sounds and do things that are just downright terrifying. I personally don't think a mountain lion cougar, uh, I don't think any of that is to blame for this particular case. So scratch that off the list. This also sounds very similar to accounts I've heard about Mount Shasta, which is in Northern California. That's something I want to try to touch on in a later episode. Unfortunately, I don't have the time to run down that rabbit hole today. But uh, keep me reminded of that one. My other idea was that this could simply be some sort of prank. Especially if this is a purportedly haunted location. I could see a few tricksters go up there and scream into the hills and and uh, try to make creepy sounds. I could see that happening. But at 4 in the morning, eh, it's a lot less likely. I know this is a highly trafficked uh, nighttime trail, but 4, 3 in the morning, that's some real commitment there. So I'm going to scratch that one off as well. Now my next idea here is uh, homeless people. Now I think I touched on that either in the last episode or the episode prior, but Southern California has a lot of homeless people. It's really quite sad uh, and very unfortunate, but that is the case. And a lot of them do take refuse into the canyons, uh, you know, to the north of the city. And um, in this area is no different. There certainly are homeless encampments in that area. So I'm wondering if perhaps um, some of them uh, are getting a little rowdy or, you know, a, a lot of them have mental health issues that cause them to talk to people that aren't there or scream loudly or, or act erratic. So perhaps that's something that took place there. But that certainly doesn't explain the strange behavior by the couple. Uh, so I'll put an asterisk by that one, but I, I, I don't know that that's actually what's going on here either. And it certainly doesn't explain the time loss. Um, I've done this trail before, believe it or not. I want to say maybe four or five years ago, Sarah and I did this trail. Uh, we veered off and went up to Echo Mountain where the burned out hotel was. But I am familiar with this area, and this is something that I'm going to go back and explore, hopefully at night, Um, here in the next couple weeks. So I'll probably slap together some sort of video for that. Now they do call that area Echo Mountain for a reason. There are places that you can stand up there and and yell out and you can hear the echo uh, seconds later. It's kind of crazy. And I'll try to demonstrate that in the video if if I make it up there. 
So these sounds carrying like that, it's a bit on par with, with the location. Now, the the last part is the Cobb Estate, which was a uh, mansion built in that area by a lumber baron in the early 1900s. Now, he died in 1939, and then in the 50s, Groucho Marx, the uh, performer, actually bought that location and had plans to turn it into a cemetery, but everything fell through, and it's now just a public park. Uh, I believe it's owned by the state. But here is the crazy part. So I did some digging. Uh, You know, I'm somewhat familiar with this area, and I thought there's got to be more to this. There has to be more to this story. Then I found the following news broadcast. Human bones and some clothing have been discovered near a popular hiking trail in a rugged wilderness area of the Nas- uh, Angeles National Forest. A popular trail was temporarily closed after this grim discovery. And now it is news where Dasha Phillips joins us live from the trailhead with more. Dasha. David Ellen, yeah, this trailhead was closed for most of the afternoon. Hikers now are being let back into the area through this entrance, but many of them a bit unnerved after those human bones were found yesterday. Hikers wanting to hike the Echo Mountain Trail this afternoon in Altadena were turned away by crime tape. We planned to hike the Echo Mountain Trail, and evidently um, there's police activity, so we can't go today. So a little disappointed. The entire area closed off after hikers found what appeared to be human remains. I don't know male, female, or anything at this time or age, and it's an ongoing investigation. The bones, authorities say, are two femurs and were found Sunday about 6.30 p.m. Homicide detectives and officials with the coroner's office later found additional bones and clothing. Those who are familiar with the area say the discovery is strange and scary. That's something that you might see in a horror movie, but to see in like Pasadena, Altadena area, especially this hike because it's so well known with the old hotel that used to be up there. And- the trail on the Cobbs estate property leads up to the ruins of an old hotel. Many locals say there are stories the place is haunted and the discovery of bones only adds to the eeriness. There's a lot of rumors. It's called Echo Mountain. It's supposed to be haunted because the hotel burned down and I think at least two or three times until they stopped rebuilding it. Authorities say it may be a while before they can identify the victim, cause of death, and how long the bones have been there. We have these cases all the time, especially after some rains and stuff. Sometimes uh, bones are uh, uncovered. Now, sheriffs say there are no reports of any missing people or hikers in this area, but of course they will continue to check the databases. Live in Altadena, I'm Darsha Phillips, ABC7 Eyewitness News. Now, that story was published on February 22nd of 2016 by ABC7 out of Los Angeles. Now, it gets a little bit more weird. I did some more digging, and bones have been found there several other times. That's not the only time, and I've actually included one of those stories in the show notes uh, in addition to this news clip. So I highly suggest you go read those and check out uh, what may be going on here. Now, there are rumors of Sasquatch. There are rumors of ghosts. Um, some of the some of the weird things that are reported on this trail are um, screams. There's uh, a handful of EV- EVPs that have been captured in that area, although everyone that I've heard uh, is a bit suspect, uh, in my opinion at least. And another strange report coming out of here is that people hiking will often lose something shiny. Uh, you know, a bracelet or a bell or, you know, who knows what. But they'll always seem to misplace something shiny while hiking. So I thought that was a weird mention. 
Now, I'll be completely transparent here. I have no idea what is happening in this region. They have recovered a body. In fact, they've recovered more than one body. People die on this trail a lot. One of the most dangerous trails in the Los Angeles area, and there are tons and tons of trails. And uh, this is one of the, the more dangerous ones. Due to uh, low visibility, high cliff walls, that kind of thing, people fall off, especially walking at night, which, again, this is a popular nighttime trail. So that said, I, I don't know what we're looking at. I don't know what this is, but I am fascinated by this account. And uh, Steve, you did a great job of telling it, and you kept it interesting. And pff, I don't know, y- you've inspired me. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a trek out there here in the next couple weeks, and do my own little nighttime investigation. So stay tuned for that. And that's actually all the time I have for this episode. So I want to thank you, Steve, for submitting that awesome call. And uh, that's gonna do it. So Monsters Among Us is written and produced by me, Derek Hayes. Additional support is provided by Warren Pon Abbott, Addie Lloyd, and Tony Bell. All audio used in this production is done so under the protection of fair use. Music for this episode was brought to you by Mayu and Coag Music. Thank you all for listening, and until next week. starts with an invitation to experience Lexus, to get behind the wheel, to go out on the open road, to feel a rush of adrenaline. It starts as an invitation to drive a Lexus vehicle, but it becomes an exhilarating experience. The Invitation to Lexus sales event. Your invitation is always open, but the offers only last through March 31st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.